Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, October 14, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others, on page 96, the first paragraph beginning with, Do Not Be Discouraged. Today's readers are, reading the OA 12 Steps is Marita, reading the OA 12 Traditions is Rose, and reading the literature are Rick B., Judy B., Chelsea, and Sylvia. The reference number for Sunday, October 13th, is 5303, and for Friday, October 11th, is 5293. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marietta to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, and this is Marietta from Virginia, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, Admit it to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we've harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our con- our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And this is Marietta from Virginia, and I pass. Thank you, Marietta. 
I will now ask Rose to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you, Rebecca. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities pass. Thank you, Rose. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share... Press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 7, Working with Others, on page 96, the first paragraph beginning with, Do Not Be Discouraged. I will ask Rick B. to begin reading. Good morning, Rick, a compulsive overeater. Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. 
search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. We find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. To spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. One of our fellowship failed entirely with his first half dozen prospects. He often says that if he had continued to work on them, he might have deprived many others who have since recovered of their chance. Well, they're giving, uh, Rick, compulsive overreader, they're giving directions here to the sponsor and um, telling us at the beginning not to be discouraged if your prospect doesn't respond. You're sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you have to offer. Well, what do we have to offer? Well, if we back up, you know, two paragraphs, both the, the, of the previous two paragraphs are discussing a way to find God, how to develop a relationship with God in a spiritual approach. That's quite often, I find what happens in um, in the rooms is that people are not willing to go that far. They're not willing to work those steps with the desired purpose of developing a relationship with God. Many people uh, want to recover. Many people want to lose weight. Many people want what other people have. But when it comes to that God situation, um, it's a little bit stickier. And I know that I know that out of personal experience. And that's, I think, what becomes um, sometimes the stumbling block. And when it comes to working the steps, people don't want to put in the time and the effort, and they don't, they're not willing to go to those lengths to follow the directions and do what people say and to, to follow in the footsteps of others that have gone before. So I think... Um, that's as much the message in this paragraph as anything else. And I, I take heart to it because, you know, I can sometimes be critical of people that aren't willing to um, work the steps, aren't willing to follow the directions. But, um, you know, as the previous two paragraphs said, you know, we can't hound them, we can't prod them. All we can do is continue to show them what we've done and try to live in a way that demonstrates that not only have we put down the food or the drink, as the book says, but we've gained more than that. We've gained a relationship with God that allows us to continue to live in a way that we don't need to um, respond by eating. We don't need to respond by acting out in the way we used to do before. So um, it's not my place to judge whether or not somebody wants to follow these directions. All I can do is just continue to encourage them. So I'll pass with that. Thank you, Rick. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Rose? Hi, Rose. Go right ahead. 
Thanks, Rebecca. This is Rose, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, this point um, that was that Rick just mentioned here, um, for myself personally um, in my career in OA prior to my recovery um, and with the women I've been working with um, since I have become recovered, it really is hitting the nail on the head, which is, that for the years I spent in a way working, quote, working with sponsors and, and not working with a sponsor, lying to a sponsor, dropping a sponsor, being dropped by one, um, for myself, I was definitely looking, um, I, I always resisted calling it, having a diet mentality, wanting to lose weight, and that was my own interest, but Coming down to the bottom line, that is where it was at. So that, um, nor was I exposed to, because I wasn't interested, what this book of instructions was about. Um, having just come through um, bringing a sponsee through the book up to the fourth step with giving her instructions yesterday, um, from you know the preface to the first edition up through taking a third step is all about uh, explaining what this disease is exactly. And then with the entire chapter, We Agnostics, um, working a long time on second step, um, it's just like these two prior paragraphs are talking about, is this person finding a connection with God? And, you know, I'm I'm new in uh, 12-step work as a recovered person, and this makes so much sense. It's complete sense because I myself didn't want to, and then the many women who I have sponsored over this past year who didn't get as far as the one I'm working with now, it totally has to do with one being ready and then this point um, of accepting uh, realizing and accepting it's not about food. Uh, for me, I had drugs and alcohol in the picture as well. It's not about the substance. It's about making this uh, personal connection with God to turn my life over to God. And um, that really is pivotal. It was pivotal for me when I wasn't ready, and uh, it was pivotal when I became ready last year. And I see with working with other women, that explains it because when I would talk about um, what the directions are for coming through the book, uh, many folks I don't hear from again. But as was said, you know, as it said in the 10th step, love and tolerance for others is our code. That's that's my job is to um, uh, offer encouragement, friendship, an open door, uh, a lot of love and a lot of tolerance and um, praying for them and knowing that it took me however long it took that um, when a person is ready, um, uh, this book will make sense to them. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Kim. Hi, Kim. Go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. 
Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you have to offer. Um, so do not be discouraged. Why are they saying that to us? Because it's easy to get discouraged. You know, this, this little paragraph to me is the culmination of what the last five pages have been telling us. The last five pages have been instructions on how we approach the newcomer, how we approach the person who comes back to OA over and over and over. You know, there's, there's clear cut directions on how we do this. But not everyone wants to recover. You know, we're told on page 95, perhaps you're not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You know, on, 90, on page 90, if he wants to quit for good and if he would go to any length to do so. We ask them, are you, are you done this time? You know, if he is interested in your solution, if he is sincerely interested. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people just go, no, 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 just can you tell me your food plan? Just give me your food plan. I'm good after that. Or, you know what, I just need to talk to you. I need to tell you how bad my day was. I need you to encourage me because my husband is being a real jerk today. I need you to encourage me because my boss yelled at me. That is not what I'm offering. What I'm offering is a solution to your problem. So what we have done is we've laid out to people what the true problem is, the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. And so many people in OA still think, and I thought for over a decade, that food and weight was our problem. And therefore, all I wanted was someone to tell me about a food plan, encourage me when I lost some weight, and then leave me the heck alone. I didn't need this God thing. I didn't need this stuff thing. I just need to come to a room that I can complain about the misery of being a compulsive overeater. So it is discouraging when people are so desperate to get better, and yet when you lay out that spiritual toolkit at their feet, they're like, eh. You know, we're told in the agnostics that we need to have the desperation of a drowning man. When a man is drowning and you throw a life jacket to him, he is clinging to it with desperation. And so many times when we lay out this program, this spiritual toolkit, and we throw that compulsive overeater, that life jacket, don't look at the life jacket and go, don't you have it in pink? I really think I need it in pink. That's not someone who's desperate enough. If they're questioning you, if they're questioning, well, I know you say I have to call you at this time. That's not convenient for me. I know you said I have to commit my food, but, you know, my life is in disarray. I can't plan my food out. I know you want me to give up all my binge foods, but isn't it okay if I just give up a couple of them right now? They're not ready. And if we leave them alone, which is what it's telling us here, leave them alone, Maybe they'll get to that point where they won't care what color the life jacket is. Maybe they'll get to that point when they're willing to go to any length. We cannot convince them. Only the food will convince them. If talking about God chases them out of the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, believe me, if they are a true compulsive overeater, the food will chase them back in. So my job as a recovered person is simply to maintain the integrity of this message. And those that are desperate enough will seek that. Because let me tell you, I am a one-trick pony. I have been in OA for 20 years. For 17 years, I worked this fellowship, and I worked a lot of literature, 
that was OA approved, was non-OA approved, was in the self-help section, and I still struggled with the food. When I became a student of this big book three years ago and I walked through these steps and I found a relationship with God, today the miracle is, I know not that I eat the food every day, but I no longer want the food. And that's the only thing I have to offer because it's the only thing that has ever worked for this compulsive overeater. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Melanie? Paula, Melanie? I heard Melanie and Paula. Was there someone else besides that? Leah. Leah and Lisa Renee, in that order. Melanie, you could go first. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. And I read this in this way. Um, Oftentimes, um, I wondered when I might need to stop working with someone um, based on what I had deemed their effort or earnestness or or that sort of thing. This is what I think this particular piece is talking about here, whether I'm chasing, that's a key word here, whether I'm chasing that person, not whether or not that person keeps coming to me and asking for help that I should fire them. I heard somebody talk about that or let go or whatever. This is about me chasing that person and um, how to determine that sort of thing, that um, I've not fired anybody, let anybody go. That was always a fear of mine every day when I would come to the phone with my sponsor that I would do something and I would get fired. But what I like is the encouragement here and truly the twist of of what the um, directions are saying in this particular piece. And so it reminds me of, of what I know, that this is an individual journey and one between the alcoholic, if they've determined to be so, and their higher power and how that's going to work out. And it brought me to remembering that in the 12 and 12, they talk about John Barleycorn, which is a type of alcohol that becomes a great persuader, and that's on page 29 and 24 of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. And then it also suggests that you haven't reached the bottom, that you could go out and try some controlled drinking, and that's on page 31. And then also in the 12 and 12, it reminds me that um, most people are not willing to do what I have to do in order to have what I have today in my life to be recovered. And so that's a large number. Therefore, I need to remember that when I'm moving through this deal, that none of it in many ways is personal. Although I have to tell you, I'm very grateful that I do not sponsor the way I used to sponsor. And I'm not, because of that style, chasing so many people away. There's some truth to that as well, that there is some growing up that I, thank goodness, have done along the way in in just my sponsoring style. So I'm grateful for this piece. I think it's certainly um, instructive yet it's certainly not as comprehensive and complete as it could be. And those are the three things that I had thought about. is John Barleycorn, controlled drinking, and that this is about chasing the person, you know, hounding the person as opposed to firing anybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. Paula? Thank you. Thank you for your service also today. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. You know, the name of the chapter is working with others. Well, before you work with others, you work every day with God. We come into this chapter living the nine-step promises. 
doing the 10-step inventory, having the 11th step before us, before we come into the 12, there is a process. And it says here, as each, each thing, if you're baffled, where do you go? We know where to go now. We know where to go. Here, I want to just look at two lines. We find it a waste of time. See, now I know how precious time is to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not. Now, here it is again. Work with you. Work with you. If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. And look at another line. To spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. So here we see we don't come into these directions, these beautiful directions alone. We come in with God. We come in with God. And he will direct and guide. Wait, not just you. Not just you. This person, if they're ready, if they're not ready. Better to know. Better to know. Then when they have full, full acceptance of this program as it is, and as the steps, and we also, then the time will come if it is to be. So we relax and we don't worry. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Leah? Thank you so much, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Wise words from those that trudge ahead of us. Uh, do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. And certainly Bill had that experience. That was a hard lesson that that he learned from his own uh, efforts at 12-step work. Because at the end of six months of, of teaching and, and trying to carry a message, uh, no one had sobered up, but he stayed sober. Uh, but it's just a good reminder, don't be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try her again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. Um, you know, certainly that's my history, and, and so, you know, I, I try to remember that in working with people. Find someone desperate enough. Desperate is beyond hope. You know, I just had to uh, check out all those different remedies uh, in my own personal journey before I was beaten to a pulp. <laughs> That's what it took for me. And so I try to keep that in mind in working with other people is that, uh, just like the book says, you know, most compulsive overeaters, most alcoholics have to be pretty badly, badly mangled before they commence to solve their problems. You know, I had to be mangled. And a lot of, you know, most of us have to be mangled. We have to be out of options. You know, we have to be finished with, uh, with you know, all those other ideas and remedies and, and things that appear like easier, softer ways until... Personally, I got to the point where I was just, um, you know, out of options and uh, admitted defeat and threw in the towel and said, whatever you tell me, even if you tell me that I need to push a penny from here to China with my nose, I am ready to do that. And, and certainly in working with other people, when they get to that point um, where uh, they are just ready to throw themselves into the program with, urg- with eagerness, an urgent desire, that same desire I had for that uh, first bite. You know, it's that same 
urgency and desperation that please God, whoever you are and whatever I need to do, please tell me because my life is miserable. I don't want to be obese anymore. I don't want to be depressed and miserable anymore. I don't want to have all the problems I'm having. I don't want to hurt my family anymore. I don't want to be sick and tired of being sick and tired anymore. I don't want to do that. You know, and there were different stages of degradation for me in my eating career. And eventually it got so bad that obviously I ended up sitting across the table from someone who cracked open these pages and guided me through these steps. But it had to get bad. It had to be, get bad. You know, urgent, an urgent desire. What you offer. What do we offer? We offer a program of recovery. We offer clear-cut directions. Because unless a sponsee, a prospect, humbles uh, their selves, humble herself by taking step one, they don't need the rest of the program. Because if they still think that they have power over this disease, then they don't need to believe in a power greater than themselves to restore them to sanity. They don't need it. They have themselves. And if they don't believe that, <laughs> that they don't need a power, then they certainly won't turn their will and life over to a power. And if they don't do that, then they certainly don't need to apply steps four through nine which is the whole essence of step three. So it all goes down to step one. And willingness is a one-person job. You know, we let the disease uh, do its job of convincing us. Because if we don't deal with the disease, it will deal with us. That's one thing about this disease of compulsive overeating. It will continue to progress. And it goes on to say, you know, if you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover himself. Of course, that's the progression. You know, I thought I was in bad uh, condition in 1982 when I first crawled into, uh, you know, walked into OA. Well, <laughs> I didn't know what was coming because five years later in 1987, that was real pain. So it says to spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. You know, we don't have to water down what we offer. You know, we don't have to sell out to save newcomers. We don't have to sell this program out to give uh, newcomers what they want to hear so we don't lose them. There's an inexhaustible supply of newcomers in Overeaters Anonymous. You know, so we don't need to sell out. We don't need to sell out because this is not about food and weight. This is about living without having to compulsively overeat. It looks like it's about not compulsive overeating, but this is about living without having to pick up that first bite. This is about living without having to eat, to stand it. And that requires the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Lisa Renee. This is Good morning, Rebecca. Recovery. Sorry. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Lisa Renee from South Jersey. Recovered today. Thank you, God. Um, it's hard to come behind everybody else. Most of uh, what I was going to say has already been said. But I just wanted to add, um, you know, this. I love this book. I love the instructions on these pages because, you know, the core problem in this disease is self, 
selfishness and self-centeredness. And it, the book never fails to keep me humble. Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. You know, what's wrong? You know, my my old way, I've been around a long time, but, you know, just recently recovered last year. Um, my old way was to try to force people to do it my way. This is what's working for me. Well, it didn't really work for me anyway. Um, today, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. And this is what I constantly hear, that it's not about me. All I can give is what, has, what I've done, what has been passed on to me, and I can pass that on to someone else. If they're not ready to hear that, if they don't want to hear that, it's okay. There'll be someone else. Thank God. Thank God I know today that it's not about me. It doesn't mean that something is wrong with me because a person's not ready or I have to prove my worth by helping someone recover. All I can be is an agent for my higher power. All I can do each day is ask, how can I be of maximum service? The person will come. The right person will come. God is in charge of it all. I'm so grateful and so blessed that I know that today and that I have the privilege of working with two uh, wonderful women that were desperate and are willing And I don't have to hunt people down to prove my worthiness, that I am enough, as I am today. And thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa Renee. This is Rebecca, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and I love everything that everyone shared on this paragraph. There's a lot here. And so I'm just going to pick up on this one piece because if I picked up on everything, I'd go on too long. And that is one of our fellowships failed entirely with his first half dozen prospects. And I haven't counted them, but that's probably me. I'm the one who failed with my first half dozen prospects. And, you know, I could take that to heart, you know. It's kind of, you know, failed, you know. It it, it doesn't feel good to fail. And, um, you know, maybe it's me, maybe I'm not doing it right, you know. But um, I trust in God that it isn't me. <laughs> and I, that may sound in, like an inflated ego, but, you know, i got to just keep trudging and trusting that, um I'm doing the best I can and that I'm carrying the message and um, that it's tough. It's tough out there, and I can't take it personally if I, quote, unquote, fail with a prospect. And uh, lo and behold, I have had prospects who have gone on to recover with other sponsors, and I don't take that personally either. I, I... have a sense of reassurance that um, sometimes it takes a village, you know, and um, just because a person wasn't ready or, or even if they were ready and it didn't work with me, 
oh, well, that's okay, you know, um, they'll find someone who it does work with, hopefully, and I've seen it happen. So um, I'm not, I have to remember that I can only do what I can do, and I can only do the best I can, and um, that my motives are right, and obviously the more I do it, chances are I'll get, excuse me, better at it. Um, or more effective at it, so to speak. But um, not everybody jives with everybody, and um, I just have to trust in the process. Oh, what I wanted to say is that as much as it is important for my prospects to recover, I also have to remember that I am doing this for myself and my own um, recovery, my own sobriety, and... um, and so I keep trudging along, and um, the day will come. And with that, I will pass. Shall we go on to the next paragraph with Judy B? Uh, good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B, recovered, grateful, compulsive overeater. Suppose now you are making your second visit to a man. He has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you are available if he wishes to make a decision and tell his story. But do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. And this is just... uh, telling us how we uh, continue to work with someone who uh, would like to uh, visit with us again, talk with us again. And um, and it's just a matter of, of developing a relationship with um, a person who who is interested in going through this program. And um, because we've already been through it our, ourselves, we do have much to offer. And... Uh, and that's what we can give. And um, so at this point, this uh, paragraph is talking only about the second visit. Um, but even even later, I mean, there comes a time when a person is ready or he's not ready. And, and we cannot take that personally. We just have to trust that if we share our own experience, strength, and hope, and this person is ready, uh, that we will we will uh, tell our story to them. You know, they will relate to us. We will we will work hard, and um, and it and it will work out for them. They they will uh, go through the steps with us, and uh, and it will and it will take. Now, with some, that you know that doesn't happen. You know, um, we just have to be. We have to know that our job is to be helpful. We are there if they want to work this program, and um, I really don't. I don't think it's uh, chasing someone to let them know that we care about them, and that we we pray for them, and we really, really want to encourage them. But if they if they don't choose, you know, to work the program, or they don't choose to work with us, we we have to let go. We have to let go because it. Um, it frees them up to either 
you know, get, get into the disease more and to realize that they need help or that they may move on to someone who can be more helpful to them. I mean, we just have to trust in the process and know that God is in charge. We are not. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, I think as sponsors, we grow. We grow as we work with people. And we, we learn what works and what doesn't. And um, it's just so important for us not to take it personally, but to just let God guide us and, and ask for his help and strength. And we will be given the people that we can help. And we will be available for them because we have not wasted a whole lot of time with people who are not interested. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Judy B. Would anyone like to share on this paragraph? This is Larissa Recovered in New York. May I comment? I didn't catch your name. It's Larissa. Good morning. Larissa. (laughs) (laughs) Go right ahead. I'm sorry. I'll answer to anything. It's all good. I know. And I apologize. And I apologize for unmuting before when someone was starting their share. Um, I'm still getting the timing down. Um, so, first of all, what's been said already is just so eloquent and so spot on that I, I sit and listen to this meeting and and feel like I, I'm in a ministry of what this book does to change lives and why it works. And so, so grateful to every single person on this line. Um, and it's just this reminder, I love the boundaries this book gives us. Like, you know, just because we got desperate and miserable and found our path to our freedom doesn't mean everyone out there is equally desperate and miserable and willing to do anything. I, I love the reference to, like, you know, pushing a, a penny to China. I just love that visual. But, you know, I, I was so devoid of any ability to control what I was doing to annihilate myself that anything, anything would have been better. And, you know, I've worked with so many amazingly beautiful spirits out there that just weren't in a space that they were willing to do the work. They, they, wanted, they wanted the results, but they didn't want to do the work. And the, the gift of doing this work by following the precise instructions of the first 100 recovered alcoholics is that we are given very clear-cut boundaries and urgency and clarity to say, this is what I did. This is the fact of my experience. This is what worked. This is the only thing I can guide you on. You're either willing to do it or you're not. And if you're not willing, I'm here when you're desperate and willing. Until that time, I put you in God's hands and love you. Um, you know, I, but I just can't. There's people dying out there. I can't take the time to let other people fall by the wayside and die simply because one person is wanting attention but not willing to do the work. And um, I'm also reminded of sort of the boundaries of, um, you know, not creating reliance upon sponsor here. You know, I am not the end all in the wall. Um, I get it right. I get it wrong. I do everything in between. I simply can share someone, you know, share with someone what works for me and allow them to follow that path walking hand in hand with me. I can't push them, I can't pull them, I can't yank them, I can't drag them. Um, they've got to want it. They've got to want to do the work. And um, when that happens, what a gift. What an amazing gift to bear witness to that miracle. But when it doesn't, it's like just letting go and letting God, giving them 
back to, to God and saying, who else can I help now? Um, uh, but it, it's not taking it personally, which has been stated. It's, um, I never want to stand in the way of what someone believes they need for their spiritual growth. And if it's not me, then go find what's going to work for you. Um, so I never, ever take it personally when a protege decides that they want to work elsewhere or finds recovery elsewhere. Um, I, I say that there's more than one path to God and there's more than one path to recovery. I can only honor the path that brought me my freedom and how I help the next person. I can't speak to the facts of an experience I haven't had to support them in some other way. So I'll leave it at that, but thank you so much for letting me share. This is Lois. Thank you, Larissa. Lois, go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca and everyone on the line. Um, I I just wanted to um, share my experience that you know this this um this program never never fails to amaze me that you know as a sponsor and as a sponsee we all are giving what we need um as a sponsor when i get out of my ego and you know are are in a good place humbly humility with humility I realize that, and and the thing that helps me to realize what we're discussing this whole paragraph was, take a look at your own history, Lois, you know, how many times have I been ready, how many times have I had a sponsor, you know, when I look back in, I think it was like 2002, right, where I first came into OA, and, and how many sponsors I've had, and um, and and how many times I... I just left, you know, I just couldn't face them. I wasn't ready. I felt embarrassed or ashamed. And and it helps me to put myself in the, their place, you know. And it teaches me, you know, that I'm not in charge, that God is in charge. But as a sponsor, you know, the design of this program helps me to grow. I see that and I I learn more humility. You know, it's not really about you, Lois. You don't have anybody's answers. You don't even have your own. And, you know, as long as I, you know, remain honest and with hum- humility and ask God into the equation with, the, with my sponsor E, then, you know, we all grow. You know, I will do the best I can, and if that sponsor is ready, um, you know, they will come along with me or they may have to go to the wayside and learn another way with another person. I mean, I'm not always that calm about it because I, I have a, you know, I, I, I have a lot of pride and I, you know, I, I, uh, I love to, you know, help others, you know, if I can. But the bottom line is it gets it down to, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm not even, I'm not in charge of my own, you know, life. I'm not in charge of my own recovery. It's just a daily, you know, I have a daily dose when I work this program with God on a regular daily basis to ask him to direct my thoughts and actions to help me to abstain, you know, from eating compulsively and to help me, you know, be of service to him. And so as long as I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, it has never failed, you know, to, um, to work for me. And, and that I can pass that on. And, and um, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Lois. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Monica. Monica. Hi, this is Kim. Monica I'm sorry. and Kim. Oh, before you go. Hello, this is Rahel from Jerusalem. 
did I hear Monica, Kim, and Rachel? Was there someone else? Okay, Monica, Kim, and then Rachel. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and we are in the uh, chapter Working with Others, Step 12, and we're giving, and the big book here has been really giving us directions, explicit directions here on how to sponsor, and it says here, there's a lot of background noise. Suppose now you are making your second visit to a man. He has read this volume and says he's prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. So you have made contact one, and you suggested to him that he read the book, and he's read the book, and now he's come back. And this goes on to say, having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. So at this point, I'm taking this as say as giving him a little bit more information on working the 12 steps, that he's going to need to work through the steps one at a time, um, and then I will, will guide him. I will guide him through that process if he's willing. But it says here to let him think about this a little, a little more, you know? Let him think about this further. Does he really want to do this? And let him know you're available if he wishes to make a decision and tell his story. So we're giving him a little bit longer here to think about this. Do you really want to do this? And I will usually say to someone, you know, I really want you to think seriously about this and pray about this and then give me a call back. And we'll, and we'll get right on it at that point. But really, you know... Do you, is this what you want? Do you want to do this? And if it is, I am here and I am more than happy to guide you through this process. So more, more um, um, information, you know, don't push, don't pull. Um, let them come to you here and with their final decision because um, we can't make the decision for them. And if I am trying to grab somebody and pull them through, I'm not doing them any good. I'm probably enabling them. And, you know, and, and why, why am I doing this? Is it for me, you know, to try to make me feel better? Um, you know, we can't do that. And some will, some won't, you know. So, so what am I going to do? I'm going to continue on and find another because there's thousands and millions of suffering compulsive overeaters out there. And hopefully, you know, you'll find someone desperate and will want to work with you. And I'll pass with that. Thank you, Monica. Kim? Thanks, Rebecca. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. So what is that experience? What are we passing on? It's the spiritual experience. It's that, that psychic change, that personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. You know, for many years, I, what I did is I passed along a diet program because that's what I treated LA as, a diet program. You know, dieting with support. You know, I see this often and I know that I did this and now I shake my head at it, but, you know, I would buddy up with someone I liked and if I was absent and they weren't, then I was the sponsor. And then I would pick up if they were absent, so they would become the sponsor. And we were just each other's cheerleaders. So we have to know, what are we passing on? We're passing on the spiritual experience, which is the 12 steps. You know, one of the gifts I got when I lost my weight was I learned how to skate. And if I had gone off to Vermont where I loved to skate, 
and I had, you know, wanted to take lessons. And I talked to the instructor. He told me all the degrees he had. He took this lesson, passed this lesson. And I say, well, can you tell me which mountains you ski? Well, I've actually never skied. But look, I have all these certificates of where I learned about this. I would look at them like they were crazy. I am not going up to the top of a mountain and putting popsicle sticks on my feet and being instructed by someone who's never done the same thing. And yet that's so often what we do in LA. Well, I've, I've been in LA for 10 years. Or I've, yeah, I've read that book a million times. But until you've had that experience yourself, how can you convey it? How can you convey it? Give him practical advice. What is the practical advice? The practical advice is the book. You know, in step three, we made the decision to turn our life and our will over to our higher power. Yet so many times when I was sponsoring, what I did was I said, I can't manage my own life, but I can manage yours. And I would tell people who to date, who to break up with, leave this job, leave that job. I mean, it was ridiculous. As a sponsor, my job is to lead you through this book so you can have a spiritual experience, that so you can be connected with God. This is not about me being your friend. This is not about you getting connected with me. My practical advice is when I try to do this myself, when I try to work OA as a diet program, when I tried to figure out how I can change and improve the steps, I would pick up the food over and over and over. It is only when I went through this book and said, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, and I took the hand of someone who did, that I was able to have my own spiritual experience. And now, because I'm at that point where I have neutrality around the food, where I cease fighting anything or anyone, where I recoil as if I'm a hot flame, I have the objectivity and I have been given the sanity from a higher power to let that power come through me to help other people have that same experience. So I'm going to read it again. Having had that experience yourself, so if you haven't had that experience yourself, how can you do that? Page 164, we cannot transmit something we haven't got. You can give him practical advice. And that practical advice is the book. It's not my opinion. It's not what I think is best for someone else. It's telling them to get quiet with God, get this experience, get through these steps, and then ask God what you need to do next. Ask God how you can be effective. Don't sponsor like me. Get quiet with God and ask God, how can you most effectively carry this message? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Raquel, you'll be our last person to share. I think, because we're almost done. Raquel? Press star 1 to unmute. Can you hear me? Oh, now I can. Go right ahead, Rachel. Yes, hello. Thank you, everybody, for being online, and thank you, Rebecca, for all this wonderful sharing. I have something very brief to share that I really need to give as a homage to a wonderful sponsor who tried so to help me in Boston between the years 86 and 89. And one time she just said very sweetly, well, honey, why don't you just go out and do a little more suffering and come back when you're ready? I will never forget her, and it was right. 
And it took that many years until now, about five years ago, that I got ready and that God put in my life in the last few years this wonderful, wonderful way of studying the big book. And that's what it took, you know, and, and, and she tried very hard, but it's God's time, really, and enough desperation and enough being mangled and a lot of other circumstances, but I did get a lot of support from the fellowship, and I'm not even angry anymore that it took me that many years and why it was not transmitted the right way, and all this is all behind me, that right now is the right time, and it could not have been then because I needed a lot of other support at that time. And uh, that, that sentence just stuck with me. Well, honey, well, in the sweetest way, why don't you go out, do a little more suffering, and come back when you are ready? So without mentioning the name, yes, my dear sponsor, I did, and I'm ready. And the program works beautifully, the way that it's outlined here. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Rachel. This is Rebecca, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And even though I said Rachel is the last year, I just want to say quickly that um, I really get how we all get what we need out of what gets shared on this line. And even though we're talking about, uh, to people who are sponsors, obviously the those of us who are not recovered, who are either working with sponsors or thinking about working with sponsors, um, are hearing what they need to hear as well, which is, you know, from the perspective of being a sponsee, um, what what each of us can do and um, be cognizant of with regard to um, how it works. And with that, I will pass. And um, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Chelsea please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Okay, this is Chelsea from South Jersey. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.